anyway, I ended up had an idea. We uh, somebody came in and had a car wreck, and he had a punctured lung. We put a, an apparatus in called a pluribac, and it has some flexible vinyl tubing that goes to a little trocar that you poke between the ribs into the pleural space. Anyway, long story short, we got him up to ICU. I was cleaning up the trauma room, and I saw that tubing in that pleurovac, and I thought, man, I bet I could make a duck call out of that, because remember, the guy had just asked me if I made duck calls. So to, uh, just to speed it up, I ended up making a duck call out of flexible vinyl tubing. Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand, walking in the early dawn to climb Hey, Redbone, did you hear about that new deer feed? What new deer feed? Hey, Buck Grits, boys, you ain't heard of that yet? Buck Grits? BuckGrits.com. Well, tell us about it. What makes it better than any other deer feed? Well, Buck Grits has got the protein a deer needs. It's got the fat a deer needs. It's got the amino acids. It's got the energy. It's got it all, brother. It's going to well, bring them back after the rut, and it's going to put a rack on their head. And it's going to help the lactating doe, I assume, too, after they have the fawns. That's right. Keep the fawns going and get them for the next crop. Well, where can I get Buck Grits? buckgrits.com you can get a sample you can order it directly from the website and we're coming to a retailer near you if you want to help a deer hurt use buck grits wise eye quantity eagle seed apex ammunition amped outdoors buck grits presents american roots outdoors welcome to the show everybody we are calling via American Roots Outdoors, Rutledge Lodge, Mr. Wayne Locke and I at the lodge, and Redbone's in the studio, and turkeys are gobbling. I'm seeing hens by themselves, guys, right now. So that's telling me that some of these hens are being bred, and they're going to lay an egg. I haven't seen a hen or a gobbler yet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you saw them on the road driving. You saw them. Well, yeah, yeah, they're around the neighbors, but they sure aren't on me. Yeah. My wise eyes are not pick up a deer, coyotes, <laughs> rabbits. <laughs> I've not had one turkey on me in the last three days. On my wise eyes, not showing anything. Hmm. The last morning, I went and listened to turkey gobbles on the roost, hit the ground, and I tailed it out. Went straight east. I hear him gobbling, going pump out of here. Hmm. So, what are you hearing, Redbone? Uh, mostly just music. Uh, because I go to work at 4.30 in the morning, and I don't get off till afternoon. I knew you were going to say that. So mostly I hear you, I just hear music. Music <laughs> and yourself. Music and news updates. Uh, that's about it. That's about it. But I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. It pays the bills. Are you, are you hearing any goblin in your dreams? Uh, actually, no. Uh, as you know, I don't sleep very much. So when I do, I don't even think I dream. <laughs> hey, Redbone. Yep. Arkansas youth season, Missouri youth season coming up here. Yep. Yeah. As, as the show airs, it is, uh, it's going on now. Yeah. So we got a special guest today, Mr. Tom Wally, an inventor in the outdoor industry. Mr. Tom Wally invented Fletchtone Turkey Calls. Hmm. And he also helped redesign and do some new designs with Montana decoys. And he's going to be our special guest today. And we're going to talk to him about his ideas uh, with decoys and how he came up with ideas to create the flex tone type calls and talk about his passion of turkey hunting and taking kids. And he's going to share some tips with us for our listeners to, to use while they're taking their children this weekend. So, so now when you say that he's now helping design the new uh, uh, Montana decoys, are, are you saying he's now picked up a, a new uh, brand of spray paint? <laughs> yeah because the idea yeah when they come out with it yeah i got you yeah jerry mcpherson was a great guest and man the montana decoy is a very popular decoy and it's very affordable yeah red bull i don't know if you uh, checked out our facebook page but our post on that there's a lot of comments made about uh people using the montana decoys and it was really they said that it was really neat to hear the history of it that they never knew mm-hmm. Yeah, that and and uh, I now follow Montana decoys. Been seeing some of the videos of people using them, and and uh, it really is amazing how close you can get those birds using that Montana decoy. Yeah, did you see my video, guys, that I done shooting my Stevens four ten with Apex 
turkey loads. I did. I did see that, actually, yes. Tight, 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 tight (laughs) pattern. And I'm telling you, we've got a lot of hits and views and uh, a large reach and interaction on that post. Also, uh, right now is a good time for everybody, if you love to shoot your rifles, to get your your rifles out and do some long-range shooting. The weather's beautiful for it, shooting a Hornady ammunition. Uh, I got lots of buddies that do a lot of reloading, and they love to target shoot. I had a buddy to text me yesterday to buy an AR. Uh, one of my his buddies has one for sale. Yeah. Buy it. Think I need to buy it? <laughs> buy it. Buy it. Yeah. yeah, an AR. And man, I'd love to have it. I'd do some plinking here at the house with my horny ammo. But yeah, because if you don't, I might. <laughs> so you got two of them for sale. Well, I traded mine. Remember, I traded my ARs for my tractor. Yeah, which was not a bad deal. Of yeah. course, my tractor's not working, but it's not a bad. <laughs> hey, hey, I pulled up into his driveway a while ago, Redbone, and you ought to see him. You thought he was some garage. He had all of his tools laid out on his bed in his Nissan pickup, and <laughs> he, he got the hood off his tractor. He had to replace the water pump. Went to Hurst Farm and feed, and picked up his water pump. He goes, "Hey, man," he goes, "I got a nut that keeps." I tightened it all the way down. Then if I over tighten it, it pops off. I said, well, it's stripped. Yep. I said, put another nut on it. He said, I did. It does the same thing. So I said, let me check it. So I checked it. It's all okay. But uh, mm-hmm. Wayne now that lives across the street, I mean, road, is now a mechanic. He's, he put on a water pump. Well, I'm a pretend mechanic, let me tell you. And, and my wife helped me take the hood off of the tractor. And she came up to it, <laughs> red bone. She goes, Hey, am I going to get greasy lifting this up? Because she's, she's in her good clothes, she's getting ready to go out. And, and I said, no, there's no grease on these tractors. You're fine. You're fine. She put her hand up underneath that tractor that ain't been washed in four years. And, yeah, the look I got, let me tell you, I'll be sleeping on the couch tonight. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's, that's part of the farm life, Wayne. You wanted to leave the big metropolis of Cleveland and live the farm life, and that's part of it. Yeah, and they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but I tell you uh, – my, our buddy, uh, Alex and mine, we have a buddy, Corey, uh, has been helping me. He's our mechanic. He's our tractor mechanic. He's our tractor mechanic, and he, he answers me when I text, and I shoot him pictures, and he's like, no, you hit it. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> and, uh, but I, you, you can teach an old dog new tricks, let me tell you. You know, I, you know Al- so Alex, every time I see I, Wayne post one of his videos of, you know, either you know building his house or working, uh, whatever, whatever he's doing, the same song comes to my mind. You know what it is? What is it? Green Acres is the place to be. <laughs> Boy, ain't that the truth, ain't that? Green the truth? Acres. Yeah. And I showed Alex pictures. Of, I had uh, Dylan, my three-year-old, was up underneath the tractor with wrenches and that, pretending he was trying to help me. And I, 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 I on my post, I made a post on Facebook. I said, please let, let there not be a, a missing bolt when yeah. I'm all done with this. Yeah. <laughs> and, and instead of pass me my beer, pass me my sippy cup. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, the old saying, here, hold my beer. I got this, Dad. No, he's going to, here, hold my sippy cup, Dad. I'll show you how to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just hope hey, you don't. Just hope you don't. Yeah. Switching gears. They're catching crappie, white bass, strippers, largemouth, everything on the lakes now. Uh, I just got a report from one of my buddies down in Florida with 3B Outdoors. B3 Outdoors said the gobblers have become silent. They're now at the end of the breeding cycle down in southern Florida. So, hmm. Most of the hens have been bred, and the gobblers will be getting back together. Either that or they peaked out and they're hen up, so they're not at the gobble. So. Yeah, and, and real quick, quick, Alex, we just got just a little bit of time left. You know, we got this cold snap that's moving in, and again, we're recording on Wednesday. Cold snap moving mm-hmm. in with frost Friday, Saturday, and Sunday mornings. Temperature may be in the upper 20s Saturday and Sunday mornings. How's that going to affect where the turkeys are in this breeding cycle right now? Well, right here, now, now, northern Arkansas is a little bit ahead of us uh, here in southern Missouri. It will slow them down a little bit, but you, you're liable to find a two-year-old or a gobbler without a hen that will be really vocal. The temperature don't affect them that much unless it's several days in a row that the weather has gotten really terribly cold. But I want to share a tip with everybody. Make sure when you take your kids that you, you dress them well. Uh, you want to make their hunt enjoyable and make sure they stay warm. And I encourage everybody to hunt your children out of a blind. That way they can move around and, and, and get away with more movement stuff and hunt over good Montana decoys. But uh, we're going to go to a break, everybody. You're listening to American Roots Outdoors. When we come back, we've got the man himself, 
a flex tone calls. Mr. Tom Wiley going to join us. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more American Roots Outdoors right after this. Hey, this is Eddie Salter, and you listen to American Roots and Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Wishing on some love. I've been on a big board for a while. Redbone, what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day? I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move. Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise Eye Technology? This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera? On a camera. WiseEyeTechnologies.com. And how do I find out more information about these guys? You go to WiseEyeSmartCam.com. I'm using them. You should, too. Make your hunt easier. Use WiseEye. Apex Ammunition presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors Radio and Podcast Show. And as promised, as we say every week, our special guest, we got Mr. Tom Wiley, uh, Blackstone Calls, and a designer in the outdoor industry that absolutely loves the outdoors and loves to take kids and loves to share his knowledge. And Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you, Alex. So, Tom, you're calling from uh, Starkville, Mississippi? Well, I'm from Starkville, Mississippi. I've been on the road working today. I'm, I think I'm in uh, Highland Home, Alabama, on the side of the road right this minute. <laughs> but uh, I'll be home tonight in Starkville. Okay, so, Tom, uh, we'll give an introduction here. Tell us who Tom Wiley is. Where was Tom Wiley born and raised? And if you went to school and to college, let's talk about that. Sure. Born in Jackson, Mississippi. I, I did go to school. I, I wasn't all that good at it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I spent the first part of my college career sitting up in a tree with a bow in my hand when I needed to be in a classroom. Um, eventually, I did realize that I was going to have to make a living. And I got a little bit more serious and went to nursing school, graduated, uh, became an RN. Um, Worked for about five years. I worked a year in the emergency room and five years in surgery. And, you know, always thinking about hunting and fishing, mainly hunting something. I uh, ended up designing a game call while I was working in the emergency room. I, I'll take take it back just a little bit further. I, I, I would braid. I worked in the emergency room 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. And... You know, at 3 o'clock in the morning in a small hospital uh, in emergency room, either you're bored stiff or something bad has happened. And on the nights that I was bored, I would braid duck call lanyards, and I would trade them to local sporting goods stores for, you know, stuff to support my duck hunting addiction, shotgun shells, whatever. And one day I traded a bunch of lanyards for a Columbia quad parka, and I walked out of there. You know, that was an expensive coat. I was so fired up, and I was broke. uh, You know, student loans all the way through school. So that was a big deal. And on the way out, he said, hey, you don't make duck calls, do you? Because I'd be interested. And I was like, well, not yet. (laughs) And um, anyway, I ended up, had an idea. We uh, Somebody came in and had a car wreck, and he had a punctured lung. We put an apparatus in called a Pluravac, and it has some flexible vinyl tubing that goes to a little trocar that you poke between the ribs into the plural space. Anyway, long story short, we got him up to ICU. I was cleaning up the trauma room, and I saw that tubing in that pluravac, and I thought, man, I bet I could make a duck call out of that, because remember, the guy had just asked me if I made duck calls. So I'll just to speed it up. I ended up making a duck call out of flexible vinyl tubing uh, later that morning and, and worked on it for quite some time and ended up getting a patent on flexible game calls and started a company called Flex Tone Game Call. So that's what kind of 
catapulted me into the outdoor industry, which I have been blessed to be in for quite some time now. Yeah, I, I can imagine you probably enjoyed the getting assigned night shifts because you you had those slow periods and you had no supervisors watching you. I know when I was on at the fire station, I enjoyed night shifts because I could do all my my scouting on my computer and uh, sharpen my, right. my arrows and everything while everybody was sleeping. I was up doing all that. So, yeah, I probably I probably have told told on myself a few times. I I uh, there's no telling how many duck call lanyards I braided while I was while I was on the clock at in the emergency. Oh, that was like that three that that money back. Pay all that money back. The Biden administration. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Right. But uh, yeah, I think I think that's what you asked me. I think uh, where I, I think I squeezed in where I was from and everything. But but uh, Starkville, Mississippi's home now, and I love that town and and uh, been blessed to to get to. I, I did enjoy my nursing career, but I sure have enjoyed my career in the outdoor industry a lot more. Oh yeah. What about your family? Let's talk about your mom and dad and and your ancestors and your recent family. Yeah, um, you know, my dad wasn't much of a hunter. And isn't it funny how some people are just born to hunt? Um, it's really the only time when I'm hunting, it's really the only time that I feel natural, you know, that I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing uh, on this earth. You know, I do like to uh, take people out in the woods and, and um, you know, I do like to talk about our heavenly father and appreciate his glory while I'm out there. Yes, but that's what makes me, that's what makes me, I feel natural and I'm like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do when I'm in the woods and, you know, the Holy Spirit just reveals himself so often to me. The, yes. the stressors of the world are off of me. I don't feel any of that. And I feel like I'm doing what I'm naturally supposed to do. I didn't get that from, and, and I guess my point is, I didn't get it from my dad, you know, I didn't, he wasn't really a hunter. He fished a little bit, did a little, took me dove hunting a time or two, but, but, uh, I did have, uh, my, my grandfather, he, he was a hunter and I got a cousin, Mike Hearthcock, he's about five years older than I am. I, I would, I would follow him around all day long with a BB gun and, you know, we were always hunting something and fishing and, and so, you know, they, they helped introduce it to me, my my papa and my, my cousin Mike, but uh, but yeah, it, it um, you know that's just what came natural. But you know now I've got a, a wife and two boys. Uh, Benjamin's eighteen and Quentin's sixteen, and and we've been blessed. They've they've killed turkeys in multiple states, and we go duck hunting together a pretty good bit. And they they both love to fish. They don't quite have the same passion for hunting that I do. I mean they. They enjoy it, and we go regularly, but they're not quite as, you know, they're not, a, they, they go turkey hunting every year. They're not addicted to it like I am, but, uh, so they but, don't, um, they don't camo like you do then, huh? They don't what? They don't bleed camo like you do. Not, not quite as bad, no. <laughs> um, but they, they're pretty serious about fishing, uh, and I'm, I'm pretty jealous. My youngest caught a 27 and a half inch speckled trout last summer. Oh my and uh, he's he's getting his seven and a half pounders. A whopper. The, the replica should be coming in real soon, and that that is another you know uh, pastime that we enjoy together as a family. And and uh, I'm going to try and beat him this summer in that <laughs> in that category. But, that is, awesome. but yeah, that is. I am awesome. I am just blessed blessed as I can be, Alex. Well, that is awesome, brother. We're going to go to a break to everybody. We've got Mr. Tom Wiley. As you can hear and what you've heard, this man is a man of God. He loves the outdoors. He loves his family. And he believes in passing on his American roots to anybody he can in the love of Don't go away. We'll be right back with more American Roots Outdoors right after this. Right here, right now, this is Chancey Walters listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge, the Ozark Herd Bull. How many of you are tired of your batteries running out of energy, out of power? Let me tell you about Amped Outdoors. I've changed using the batteries I have had in the past 
Amped Outdoors, I have the new 80 amp, 24 volt, single battery, weighs 46 pounds. This thing has produced energy all day long. Tested for two days, total use 11 hours. Cannot tell the batteries have even lost any energy. Go to Amped Outdoors if you want to be successful and not run out of power. Pair of hunting boots passed on down, planted deep in the ground around your heart. Montana Decoys presents. Welcome back to America with Outdoors. Again, we've got Tom Wiley on the line with us talking about uh, his roots and talking about his love of hunting. But right now, we're going to pick his brain and talk to him about his first experience with Montana Decoys and how he got involved to help redesign and do some new designs with Montana decoys. So tell us about your first experience with Montana decoys. Well, you know, Alex, I've I've mentioned that I am severely addicted to turkey hunting. And, you know, this time of year, I have a hard time, you know, doing much of anything else. And, but I love, I I turkey hunt in a lot of different ways. Um, You know, i so far this year, I've seen five turkeys die. I only used decoys on two of those. Um, you know, if I'm in the woods, I don't really need to put out a decoy. Sometimes I'd rather the turkey, you know, come looking for me and, and not have, you know, any risk of a turkey hanging up or anything like that. But but if I'm going to be in a field, I'm going to want to use a decoy. But you never really know how the hunt's going to play out. So I like to have decoys with me in case I want to use them, you know, and I use them probably about half the time I go out. But there's not a lot of decoys that are easy to carry around with you. I I, uh, I used to carry some inflatable decoys, you know, some, I just didn't want to carry a decoy bag around with me. It just wasn't practical. Um, but I don't remember exactly how many years ago, probably six, seven years ago maybe, uh, I, I came across the Miss Perfect. And, you know, that decoy design, the spring spring design, 3D decoy that you can, you know, compress it, put it right in your turkey vest, and you don't even hardly know you've got it. So um, I was really fired up about using their the Miss Perfect and the Jake Perfect, and I had started working on a design for a, a gobbler decoy, you know, reaping became pretty popular, and and um, I wanted a full strut decoy, but I wanted one that you could carry in your turkey vest. You know, uh, fanning or reaping, whatever you want to call it, that's done with a typically done with a dried turkey fan, or you know, a dried turkey fan on a decoy of some sort, um, or if you're going to carry a full body uh, strutter. You know, you've got, you know, it's a big bulky thing. And that's not practical if you're, you know, going to end up in the woods and, and don't really need a decoy. You know, half the time, if I was trying to carry a full, you know, a full body decoy with me, I'd have them in a decoy bag and then the hunt would change on me and I'd leave my decoy somewhere. I'd end up, you know, a long way from there off in the woods and, and I'd have to backtrack a long way to go get my decoys when the hunt was over. But, so I started working on a strutter decoy that you could fold up and put in your turkey vest only, you know, and have it available just when you need it without having to worry about carrying a turkey, I mean, a decoy bag with you everywhere you go. And instead of, um, instead of a dried turkey fan, I, I designed it to where you, instead of, you know, cutting the fan off of a turkey and letting it dry in that shape, you actually pull or pluck all of the uh, fan feathers out of a fan, and this uh, decoy, the, you know, my name being Tom Wiley, they they uh, decided it was appropriate to call it the Wiley Tom. I don't know. I think you've seen them before, Alex. But, but anyway, the design was that you would put individual feathers in the fan. It has slots so that you can put the feathers in it individually, and the fan folds into four pie-shaped pieces and then and then the body of the decoy is uh a fabric with some pillow batting in it and a uh a sewn on head with uh taxidermy eyes and it just looks phenomenal 
uh, and you can fold the whole thing up basically like the size of a, a big piece of pizza, you know, and then you, and the body just folds up, you wrap it around, and I can actually carry uh, three Montana decoys in my turkey vest, no decoy bag required. Um, so, you know, when I, when I started working on this design to be able to fold up a, you know, a full strutter decoy into something that you can easily carry, I knew Montana was the right company to, to work with because of their design of the Miss Perfect and the Jake Perfect having a similar, you know, it, it doesn't work. You know, the, those decoys are, are a, you know, a coil spring that you collapse. You know, it's not the exact same design, but the, but the idea behind them is the same, a full-size decoy that you can collapse and carry in your turkey vest. So there's not very many decoys you can carry either a couple of hens or a hen, a jake, and a, and a strutter all in your turkey vest with no decoy bag. But you can do that with Montana decoys. Well, that, that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's a great story to, to hear how that all came about. And I, I'm waiting for the day that uh, you're going to get on the, the radio here with us and tell us that you got one that fits in my wallet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be perfect. Yeah. Put a couple drops of water on it, poof, it just expands out like those, <laughs> those kids' toys do. Uh, I mean, Redbone, that's got to be something to, to not have to carry around a decoy bag, isn't it? Well, yeah, it is. And, and I've already got the idea for the one that'll fit in your wallet. So uh, I'm not going to tell anybody, though, not not over the airway. I might tell you in private because it just came to me and I think it's a million dollar idea. But, but Tom, my question would be when you made contact, and we just got about three minutes here, when you made contact with Montana Decoys and said, hey, here's my idea. I'd like to work with you guys and combine our technologies and our know-how to create this this strutter. I mean, what was their reaction? Well, you know, I've been in the industry for a while, so I knew CJ, uh, who's the president mm-hmm. of Montana Decoys. I, You know, he's been in, been around, uh, I believe he was with Mossy Oak and Chevalier Advertising. So I've known CJ for a long time, so it was a pretty comfortable uh, conversation, but, uh, we met, uh, he lives over in South Carolina and I'm in Mississippi. We met somewhere in Alabama and had lunch and I pulled out the, the, the prototype. And now the prototype that I sent him, it was, <laughs> I wish I, you know, wish I could show you guys. It has, I've got about maybe 10 versions of it. And, uh, you know, it started, I actually used a pillow, a velour pillow, uh, for the body of the decoy and, and, uh, had some different colored socks that I put some, uh, pillow batting in and had my wife sew these socks on it and use buttons for <laughs> eyes. And, you know, it was kind of funny, a, a rough, pretty rough prototype, but, but by the time I got it to CJ, it was, it was looking pretty good. Um, nothing like it looks now, you know, they've really refined it and, and, you know, they've got the printing capabilities to, Make it just look. I mean, it looks yeah. real as. I mean, hey Tom, it, hey it'll, Tom, it'll, it'll, it'll pull me right. mm-hmm. Tom, we can stay on our yep. out here. Uh, what's some tips for taking kids? We got youth season coming up this weekend. Some tips taking kids hunting this weekend with decoys. Well, you know, it, I definitely. That's one time that I do like to have decoys is whenever I've got some kids involved because they're not all that good at sitting still. And I like to give a turkey something else to look at besides us. Um, you know, I don't love a pop-up blind, you know, the, the full-size blinds, just because I don't feel like I'm really part of the hunt. I, I would prefer to sit on the tree. And if kids that I'm taking seem to be able to sit pretty still, um, you know, we're just, we'll just sit on a tree just like, you know, any of us would on a normal turkey hunt. But and and with the decoys out, it gives the turkey something else to kind of key in on, other than any fidgeting or movement that may go on. But but if the, if they're really younger and having a, you know may not be able to to move at the right times or or not move at the right times, there are several blinds out there. Uh, Rivers Edge makes a little uh, or Baronet makes a little uh, field shield blind that you still feel like you're part of the hunt. Nothing over your head, just go. It's out in front of you and. And uh, there's a new one out by, what was it, uh, Righam Wright, similar blind, you know, just a little short blind to put out in front of you. But but for sure, decoys are a great, great deal for when you take the kids just to kind of keep keep some eyeballs off of 
All right, very good. And that's a good place for us to take a break right here, guys. Uh, we'll be back with more with Tom Wiley talking decoys and the youth turkey hunt. You don't want to miss what's coming up in the next segment. We'll be back in just a moment on American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and his friends. Hey, y'all, it's Tyler Farr, and you're hanging with me and my good buddy, Alex Rutledge, on American Roots Outdoors. Around your heart, so you never got to worry what the wind might do. American Roots. Hey, turkey hunters, this is Alex Rutledge. Have you heard about Apex Ammunition? If you haven't, they are American-owned, American-made, made one at a time, hand-loaded. These turkey loads will give you the confidence that you need to close the deal on that old hook daddy long beard gobbler. For more information, go to www.apexammunition.com. Outdoors, Buck Grits, Eagle Seed presents American Roots Outdoors. Welcome back. Again, we've been on the phone with Tom Wiley Redbone of Wayne Locke, and this guy is full of knowledge, and you can see he has a true passion for the outdoors. It's a pretty cool story how he talks about how he came up with the idea with the Flexstone calls, and he shared great information with us using decoys for our youth hunters this coming weekend. So, uh, what we want to ask you here in segment four, uh, how do you keep children interested in the hunt when you take a child? What, what are some of the things that you do? Well, you know, sometimes I get a little bit too focused on, on trying to kill a turkey. And, uh, you know, I try to try to remember that these kids, uh, may not have quite the same passion that I do for, for the hunt. So I do try to, I also want them to have their eyes open to the glory of God as well while they're out there. So, you know, I, I, I want to point out, you know, when I was little, I, I was into all kinds of birds and, you know, a spring morning to listen to all the birds wake up and start singing. Uh, that's, that's just an awesome time. And sometimes I get so focused on trying to kill a turkey that I'll miss that. I yeah. try not to because it's, because it's a great thing to, to witness. And, and I do try to point out all the different birds, you know, the Cardinals typically around home, they start first, you know, and I'll, I'll point them out and, and then ask if they know what they are. And, and, you know, there's a, man, a wide variety of birds. There's all kinds of woodpeckers that have different songs and, and um, you know, hawks, owls, crows, you know, just so I like to point out a lot of birds just to keep them, you know, thinking about something um, that, you know, that's always fun. But, you know, there's just always something that you can point out as part of God's creation and, and, and help them to recognize that glory. One of the things that I like to do, guys, uh, is when we're walking through the woods with the kids, is to show them different types of signs, scratching uh, feathers, if it's a hen feather, gobbler feather, droppings, a gobbler's J-shaped, hens small like a kernel. What I like to do is point out also the different types of trees so they can understand that there's different types of trees, like there's different types of people. So they understand there's different possibilities of these acorns and food for the wildlife. So that's one of the things that I love to do. What do you love to do, Redbone, Wayne? Well, you know, I'm the same way, Alex, and, you know, I've been more, you know, with my kids, my boys, deer hunting and my daughter. And um, I, I like to use the whole hunt as a learning experience, you know, and just we've never taken electronics. And, and of course, they're all you know, in their 30s now, even my youngest, which is just amazing. But uh, when they were kids, we didn't take electronics or anything like that. We we just concentrated on, you know, being in the wild. And and like you, Alex, pointing out different kinds of trees and, and the trees that are, you know, we're more likely to see a deer rub in this part of the woods and why. And, and you know, when we would see something look like was going to be a deer trail, said, you know, I bet the deer come from here if the wind's coming this way and, and you know, teach them about wind and teach them about the smells and, and the different animals that you see. I mean, yeah, make the whole thing a learning experience, and uh, and then you give them something to pass along to their kids when they get old enough mm-hmm. to go. Right, and, and Tom, it was nice to hear you talking about the, you know spotting birds because that's one of the things I used to do with my kids when we would hunt out of blind. I gave them a field guide, 
uh, of the local mm-hmm. birds, you know, that are found in that area. And then we always made a contest out of it. Who can, you know, the two kids that I would have in the blind at the same time, who could spot the most birds? Who could identify? Yeah. Who could identify the sound of them? And get it correct, yeah. and, and then they they circle it in their book. And whoever you know at the end, you know, we would do some some kind of treat after the hunt was over, and that you know That's for the cool. winner. But it really got them to want to pay attention because trying to win, you know, something, and that you know, boys and, and our daughter and that was competitive to begin with. So it just made it more fun. But uh, yeah, birds field guy was something we always use in ours. Well, I think it's cool anytime that we teach children about the outdoors and that's what our responsibility as hunters is to take kids and, and share our experiences and I think sometimes we lose focus like you admitted Tom that you do and I do too and Wayne does and Redbone our focus is more on the kill sometimes and more than it is the environment what's really out there that God created so anytime we can share our knowledge from the outdoors with, with trees, insects, uh, birds, etc., it, it's beneficial and it's teaching the kids something. Uh, it's also good to carry your Bible and, and discuss the Bible with kids. Absolutely. When things are slow. So uh, moving on from that, a very great topic. Uh, you, you touched on blinds. You don't like to hunt kids in blinds? You know, I just don't. I just don't really enjoy personally. And I, now I think, I think it's smart in a lot of situations because, you know, kids are just not really good at, at sitting still, you know, at a younger age. But, but I just feel like I'm more, now I like the little, the smaller shields, not, you know, instead of a full blind. Um, but I just feel like I'm more part of the, the hunt, part of nature, part of the, you know, I can experience it better. But when I'm inside a you know a full blind, I kind of feel like I'm watching it instead of yeah. being part of it. Does that make sense? Uh, calls. What kind of calls do you recommend to teach kids to use? Uh, beginning hunters, or do you teach kids how to use the calls when they're with you? I know I do. I, I, let, I let them put the calls in their hands. I let them yelp, let them clap, let them purr. Teach them. So, what kind of calls do you suggest that we teach kids to use? You know, they they always seem to have uh, a faster success using a box call. You know, they, they can typically, um, it seems to me that they can make a, a pretty decent yelp on a box call. Um, but, I, but I like to put a, a slate uh, pot in their hand. And, you know, I just feel like they will advance faster and, and, and be able to produce a more accurate sound pretty quickly. It, it, with some practice now on a, but I like, I think they, they pick up a, a slate pretty well. Um, you know, mouth calls, it, it typically, uh, takes them a little while, uh, to get, get the hang of a mouth call, it seems. And I like them to be able to participate a little bit in the, in the hunt with some calling. And it seems to me, usually, unless they've done some practicing beforehand, they're not going to really be able to add much to the hunt with a mouth call. But but uh, but typically I can get them to to sound pretty decent on a box call or a, a slight call with a little practice in the truck on the way or something like that. Yeah, I, I agree. I, for you? me, it's always been the it's always been the slight call that I like to get the kids on right away because it seems to be the easiest to learn. And uh, I keep them away from the mouth calls because they end up sounding like screeching owls. <laughs> if they've never seen one before, and that just you know. Every every bird in your property is just left then. So you may she's ugly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Tom, uh, we've got a bonus segment coming after this. We've got about two minutes left here. And uh, the bonus segment, we're going to talk about some of your most memorable children hunts with your children or other kids uh, or anyone you have taken hunting strategies, calling techniques, decoy usage. And uh, we're going to talk about that. Before we wrap it up, uh, your favorite Bible scripture, and uh, how can people follow Tom Wiley? You know, I don't really know exactly how it ended up, but Galatians three twenty eight really uh, hits home with me. It, it, it you know it doesn't really have a whole lot to do with uh, hunting or the outdoors. It just just being a person, and and that is uh, there is. Let me get it right here. 
There's neither Jew nor Gentile, uh, slave nor free, male nor female, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. And I try to remember that on a daily basis. Um, and what was the other part of the question you asked me there, Al? How can people follow Tom Wallace? They want to ask sure. about decoy uses, hunting kids, whatever. How can they follow you on social media or website? You know, I'm not I'm not as good at that as I should be, but um, on Instagram, uh, it's uh, at Wiley Duck, W-I-L-E-Y-D-U-C-K. Um, we also, my business, we have a... a Facebook account, uh, hunting, fishing in the out, uh, hunting, fishing outdoors in the Southeast. And then, uh, or Tom Wiley on Facebook. Um, and then, uh, oh, and, and on Instagram, PMI outdoors is, uh, is our business Instagram as well. Well, you've been a great guest and, uh, you know, great information. And we appreciate everything you do for the outdoors and what you've done, and uh, proud to call you a brother in Christ. Thank you for your information, and we're going to wrap it up here. And you've just heard Tom Wally share his, and his knowledge and tips. We appreciate each and every one of you for listening to our show. we got the bonus segment. Wayne's going to tell you about that and wrap it up. Yeah, just because the show and the radio is ending doesn't mean that this is ending. Uh, just tune into the podcast, American Roots Outdoors, with Alex Rutledge. Click like, subscribe, whatever it asks you to do. You'll get all our weekly updates, and uh, you'll catch more with uh, Tom Wiley. We're going to talk about some tips techniques and some of uh, memorable children hunts and that. And uh, if you miss any of the beginning of the radio show, you can catch the whole thing on a podcast, so don't fret. And our website. And Yep, be sure to check out our website. Go to YouTube and follow us on YouTube. Yeah. ARO Productions, Alex Rutledge, American Reach Outdoors. Hey, guys. When your roots run deep and strong, red bone way. There's no reason. reason to fear the wind. So you never gotta worry what the wind might do. American roots. Thank you for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. Montana Decoys presents American Roots with Alex Rutledge and friends. You're listening to Wayne Locke. Wayne Locke here. And Alex Your name's Wayne here. Locke. I know, I was going to say your name first. You do live across the road. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. And, of course, we got Redbone working his magic over there in the studio. And uh, Tom Wiley is still on the phone with us. Uh, he was nice enough not to hang up on us. Yeah. I think the urge was there. He's like, hey, do I got to stick around for this? <laughs> is this show about me? Is this about me? Yeah. Or, you know, do I have to stick around? I, you know, I don't know. Tom's got a busy schedule. No, I'm, I'm, having, <laughs> you know, I'm Tom, having a great time. I'm just kind of new to this. Isn't oh, you're doing a great job. You know, Tom yeah. is from Starkville, Mississippi, and, and Alex and 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 Wayne. Do you know what Starkville, Mississippi? You know what they call it? You know what kind of the uh, the uh, I don't know the motto or or whatever they might what what they call Starkville, Mississippi. I have no idea. America's football town. Really? Yes, yeah, Starkville, Mississippi, home of the Mississippi State Bulldogs. I always thought Texas. I would have had that claim. Yeah, but, you would think. No, that. no, they call they call it America's football town, Starkville, Mississippi. I thought you were going to say Stark Vegas, but, but uh, <laughs> I like America's football town better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom sure has helped make Starkville a famous city in Mississippi with his inventions and his knowledge. I don't know about that. <laughs> it's a great town. He really is a great. It's a great place to live. I've done a lot of traveling, and, and I'm glad to call Starkville home, no doubt. Yeah. Well, please don't take this wrong, but I'm going to say something I think is funny. I couldn't help think when you said you come up with the idea and you was running a, a flexible tube through a guy's rib bone or something. <laughs> I wonder if he got that idea from somebody's esophagus or something because it's quick, you know, doing an operation. It, <laughs> It is a more natural design, you know. Animals have soft tissue in the neck and tongue, and that's where the sound has to travel. And the the flexible material is just a little bit more anatomically correct. Yeah, 
Oh, no doubt. I, you, you're telling that story about that, and I, I started having flashbacks for me of doing chest decompressions and that. And, uh, you know, one of the things when we started learning this stuff back in the day, we were doing uh, the old uh, needle in the uh, wow. intercostal space, and then you put a little rubber glove tip on it, and that's how you stopped it. But, you know, there's one day I was mm-hmm. sitting uh, in the fire station at night, uh, you know, like you, you know, bored out of your mind, and all of a sudden I started playing around with a three-way stopcock. And I said, you know what? I, I bet you this will work even better. And started playing around with it. And then that's one of the things we started using. And then I started teaching at the college and started teaching our medics uh, when we trained them is to use a three-way because then you could just turn the valve, relieve the pressure, let the person start talking again. And then, you know, when it builds up, relieve it again. And it just seemed to work a whole lot better than the rubber gloves. Uh, you know, the old ways they used to do it in NOM and stuff. I'm sure. I'm sure. Pretty cool stuff. But, you know, getting back to the, the hunts and that, you know, we were talking about kids hunting and stuff. And, you know, Alex had asked you at the end of the uh, the last segment of the radio show there about uh, taking kids out hunting. If you had any, you know, uh, particular hunt that, like, stuck out of your mind yeah. that it, said, hey, you know, 30 years, 20 years, 10 years, you know, it's been sticking in your head saying this is one of the best hunts ever. Yeah, you know, I do love to get kids out uh, in the woods, and and so I have a bunch of them. Uh, A lot of them, uh, you know, a couple of them are for sure with my kids. Um, You know, my my oldest, uh, his first turkey, we were in Texas, and the turkeys were plentiful, but sometimes, you know, it just didn't work out just right, and he he had missed several of them. Um, I I wasn't going to shoot a turkey until he killed one, and, and he... We had uh, three long beards at about 10 yards, and he shot, and when he shot, one of them rolled over backwards, and I just assumed he had killed it, so another one took off flying, and I rolled it up uh, to the, over to the right side, only to look back, and his turkey got up and took off running, <laughs> and uh, so I, didn't, I did not intend, and we did not recover it. I think he just knocked some feathers off of it, and at that distance, just the, you know, the percussion of the shot bowled it over. But anyway, long story short, I didn't intend on killing one until he had killed one, but I did. And then, um, but he finally did get one that, that the next day. And, you know, my kids, they've been raised to know Christ, and, and he's, he's had a, a relationship with uh, his Heavenly Father that was just beyond what typical. And so there was a lot of prayer, because after he had missed three turkeys, he was pretty shook up. But uh, long story short, he did. He did uh, the next day. He had a a long beard standing out there at about forty yards. There was actually two of them, and I told him to go ahead and take the shot. They, had, they there was three jakes at about twenty yards that had kind of figured out that we were there. So I was like, "Look, this thing's about to be the jig's up. You need to shoot that long beard right out there." And he said, "Can I shoot that jake?" <laughs> you know, just because it was so close. And he was, I think he was like eight. Uh, but anyway, long story short, I said, why don't you shoot that, that long beard? And he's like, I'd like to shoot this Jake because he just knew he could hit it, you know. And I, was, and I started thinking, what's really important here? You know, killing a long beard or, or letting this kid that's had this troubles uh, be successful. And, and he center punched one of those Jakes, and he was so happy. <laughs> and ended up that it was just, it was a great time uh, in spite of, some of the difficulties we had so that i'll never forget it um but then my youngest son we were in florida his his first turkey we worked and worked and worked and we had walked so many miles it was there was not a lot of turkeys the weather wasn't perfect long story short he ended up we uh called up a gang of jakes he killed one we we had a the the guide, he was, you know, knew the property there was, was with us. And anyway, we said a prayer right there. And I don't know if you, if this happens, you have to, I suspect it does. Sometimes when I'm praying out loud around people, I'm just saying the words that Tom Wiley, you know, thinks That's that I should say. And, but, but then sometimes the Holy Spirit takes over the prayer and it's just, it was one of those times. And, the guide ended up crying. You know, we were all in tears. It was just a, I'll never forget it. It was an unbelievable experience in the outdoors. The Holy Spirit was revealed himself. And I'll speed it up. Uh, but we, after that, and, you know, 
Clinton's legs were tiny at the time, and he had walked miles and miles. But the the guy said, "Hey, we've got we could make another loop if you got it in you." Because I had a you know I had an opportunity to kill one. I hadn't killed one, and so Clinton's like, "Yeah, let's go. Let's find you another one." We made another big loop, and ended up we had to go right back by that same spot where Clinton had killed his to get back to the truck. We hadn't we had heard nothing. We were striking out. We were calling it a day on our way back to the truck. From that same spot, we saw a turkey in a field so far away that you couldn't tell if, if it was a hen, gobbler, or what. It was just forever away in a big, huge field. And um, we got the binoculars out. I had the loudest box call I had, and I started uh, yelping and cutting on it. You couldn't hear the turkey gobble, but by looking at it through the binoculars, you could tell that he was answering my call. Hmm. Long story short, the turkey ended up coming straight to us. I killed that turkey within five yards of where uh, my son had killed his first turkey and where we had that prayer. And, you know, of course, another prayer broke out. And, and it was, you know, for sure, never forget it. I could go on and on, but I will say, you know, I mentioned that my father didn't hunt. Well, just this year, my little uh, second cousin, Leighton Scarborough, he killed his first turkey with me uh, last Saturday, not this Saturday, but uh, the past Saturday, two Saturdays ago. Um, and you know, his dad doesn't isn't a big hunter, but he's totally supportive, awesome, awesome guy, and and really helping. And Layton is eat up with it as bad as any kid I've ever seen. He's twelve years old. He goes to every youth camp he can think of that has to do with hunting or fishing and I mean he is and he's getting his dad involved in it and his dad's very supportive. Anyway, he came up and and uh, we called up a turkey and you should have seen him shake. Now he's a good hunter. He's gonna be a heck of a hunter. He's got it. Uh he's practicing his calls all the time. Anyway, so that just a, it was another memorable hunt. He killed his first turkey with me just recently. So and I hope to have a bunch more. I could go on and on, but we're no. going to run over time. If I keep yeah, going. I just found that's a great story. That's that's one of the best turkey hunting stories I've ever heard about that one in Florida. That's a great story. Yeah. What I really it, love is just being really favorite. Favorite. sharing his faith. That's what I love. Absolutely. Tom Wally, you're a great example to all the outdoors. We want to thank you for being on the show with us, brother. You've been a fabulous guest. Well, anytime, I appreciate you letting me talk about some of this stuff. No doubt. And, and Tom, uh, again, we're going to have everybody uh, can go to our podcast, and when they scroll down, they'll have, we'll have all the links uh, where they can you know follow you and, and keep track of what's going on and share some stories with you and watch the stories that are getting ready to unfold this year uh, with you and, and your kids and other kids that you may be taking out. Yep. All right. Excellent. Uh, I really well, appreciate you guys. Yeah. You can follow Tom Wally on Instagram, follow him on uh, Facebook. Uh, this guy's a man of God, and, and what a great guest. And, again, thank you for being on the show. Remember, share the outdoors with a child. It's up to you and me, all of us, to share this great tradition, to pass on our roots, our American roots, to these kids about hunting and fishing in the outdoors. And remember, when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. <laughs>